0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Stuck in the Middle podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Uncle AK. If this is your first time watching, welcome. If you are a recurring listener, thank you, thank you, thank you again for listening. If you haven't subscribed, please click that subscribe button at the bottom um, to get a ringer every week for every episode we release. Again, you are watching the Listeners Stuck in the Middle podcast, a platform for entrepreneurs, innovators, and creators of African descent hear stories and ideas, experiences, and advice on breaking the mold. This episode is brought to you by our online store. Your support means a lot to us. Please visit StuckInTheMiddlePodcast.com to, sh- uh, to shove Stuck in the Middle podcast merch. Thank you. Thank you again to returning listeners and watchers. This is very important to us because you rock with us. If it's your first time again checking us out, welcome. Please let us know what you think about our podcast, you know. Um, hashtag SITM podcast on Twitter, um, Instagram, you know, show, um, give us some, you know, send us some questions. We have the couch talk, which is popping, um, that comes every other Thursdays, uh, hosted by you know, none other Than Reflex. Um, as soon as your question, send us ideas, something you think, you know, will be good for us to talk about. Um, we have our blog post as well, the section. Uh, shout out to Manet shout out to uh, my bangers, check them out. Um, they've been, sharing dope 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 blog posts out there as well and shout out to chuchu my little sister you know she's just wrote a dope piece on um, black Lives matters and right now it's very important so check that out um shout out to palm wine central the podcast powered by stuck in the podcast and again i already said shout out to my banya and shout out to now you know as well all podcasts powered by stuck in the podcast ladies and gentlemen today in the I always sit in the building because normally, you know, we will be in the studio. But today with me, live on Zoom, uh, she is the founder of MQ Events LLC and the co-author of a children's book, My Hair Is My Crown. Again, it's a beautiful book, My Hair Is My Crown, a representation of brown girls and boys all over the world to love and accept your hair. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Mikayla rage to Stuck in Middle podcast. Welcome, 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 Michaela. How you doing?
1: Good, I'm great. Thank you, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let's get right into it. Who is Michaela? For those who don't know, who is Mikaela?
1: Um, You know, I'm just a black girl out here, living in excellence, you know, living, you know, my best version, the best version of my life, rather. I am an entrepreneur, I am a mom, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm a friend, and most importantly, I'm a child of God. So hey.
0: that's who is. That's very important, child of God. Uh, we're talking earlier, you said, you know, you were born in Sierra Leone. Yes. Shout out, shout out, shout out. You, uh, at what age did you come to America? I'm sorry? At what age did you come to America?
1: Oh, at what age? So I moved to London when I was 11.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There for
0: a year and then I moved here when I was 12. Oh, ah. and how old are you now? If you don't mind me asking, you don't have to answer that, JK. <laughs> um, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm old enough.
0: <laughs> so, give us a little bit about your background education, um, leading to uh, okay. It, uh, so, afternoon. I
1: um went to State University, I studied uh psychology, and I went to Rutgers University and I studied social work. So, I have my master's in social work. And I am currently working towards my licensure to be a licensed um, social worker.
0: Mm. They say they say uh, social workers, you know, like they they study a lot, but, but they get paid less. What say you to that?
1: Um, I think that uh, I hear that a lot actually, and you know, I feel like to me it's what makes you happy. I don't think uh, an amount of money should be held over you know uh a profession it's what makes you happy if you feel like you know it's something that you wake up to do it's gratifying it's rewarding you change people's lives i think that's what should matter what you know because money doesn't really make you happy yes it gives you freedom to do a lot but it really doesn't make you happy because you look at you know people who have money and they still you know kill themselves you know so money really is in the key to happiness really to me waking up in the morning knowing that people's livelihood is in my hand like I have to wake up to make calls or you know reach out to to the state to advocate on my clients to get you know you know a home to stay or you know food stamps things like that to me that 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 just you know keeps me going and I think that's important to know so to me it's not about the money um I'm comfortable I'm I make enough um Mm -hmm. I have everything i need i mean of course we all want more as we you know we grow older and things like that we want more of you know everything but i, I think that i'm comfortable with you knowing that i can make a difference in my community or make a difference in someone's life
0: mm-hmm. man that is great you are the founder of mq events llc and you just spoke to us about you know um being a social worker At what point did you decide that okay Entrepreneurship was it? You wanted to branch out into entrepreneurship, right? Um, at what point did you feel like you know um, I have talent? I have talents, you know, not just talent, just, but talents.
1: It just happened, actually, in my industrial and organizational psychology class in um, at Bowie State undergrad. I, I had a professor, Dr. Ingram, who just one day said, "You know, a lot of you don't know how great you are. A lot of you will." by default, become, you know, entrepreneurs, and I always go back to that, I mean, of course, I never thought, oh, I'm gonna, you know, start my own business down the road, write a book, I always wanted to write a book, actually, but I never was encouraged to, because, of course, being African, I'm like, you're not gonna make money writing books, what are you doing, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed writing, so I just did it for fun, I never thought, ne- like, never, I never thought I would ever, you know, do it. And it just so, it was so random how everything happened. Um, I never, you know, thought to myself, well, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to major in business or I'm going to be a businesswoman. Nothing. I have no education in business, none whatsoever. Um, but I just know that my skills are, most people who are in business probably don't have my my skills. Um, and that is, you know, me being extremely organized, um, um, you know, Crossing all my teeth, dotting all my eyes. I'm just really, you know, particular about certain things, which I think every business person needs to have. And everything else, I feel like you can learn as you go along. And that's really how we came along. I had an eye for, you know, nice things. Anything decor, I love. I would be at the store just looking at home stuff or florals or just setting up tables. I enjoyed doing little things like that at home. And I was always that, that person my friends would come to and ask, Oh, what do you think I should do for my birthday? And I would give ideas. And they, you know, one day someone said, You should do this. I'm like, You know what? Well, you're right. I should do this and get paid for it. And mm. um, so I did my research. And yeah, that's how MQ Event was born. And how I,
0: old is it now?
1: MQ Event is going on three years, actually. Yeah, three years. We're going.
0: Man, no, Three years ago, well, just last year, right? You were able to be out at this, like today, right now, it's 2.18, we're recording. What a Saturday, 2.18. You were probably outside, you were setting up for some event, a wedding, a bridal shower, baby shower. Baby shower, same thing, right? Yeah, yeah, same thing. Uh, You know, some event. But today you are at home because of, you know, of the lockdown or quarantine or whichever. How has COVID impacted MQ events?
1: Oh gosh, it's impacted it a lot. Um, as you said, I mean, this is we're in summer and people usually will be, you know, celebrating graduations, you know, events of loved ones, and it really has impacted. But you know what? Um, I, I think that I've grown enough to have my clientele, and I still have had I had events that had to be postponed, which is fine. I mean, I think safety is important. Um, so I'm just glad that, you know, nothing really has changed. It's important, too, when you go into business to have things to protect yourself, just in case things like this do happen, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can always go back to something that holds both you and your clients accountable, which is that piece of document contracting. Right. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm um, affected negatively, of course. We all want events. We all want um, to keep going and stuff. But I... I think safety is more important to me and there's always more events to come. Um, so as long as I'm safe, my client is safe, that's the most important thing for me. I think what's for me will be and um, I'm just looking forward to a safer summer or safer, you know, celebrations or seasons to celebrate more.
0: In this period of um, COVID, being that you've been at home, um, what are some things that you've seen, right? Some things that you've, look back and learn from something that you just said before you've looked back and learned from or some ways that you plan on improving you know as an entrepreneur
1: um definitely appreciation um appreciation for family appreciation that i know god because um my family really i just knowing how important just having your family is having your friends uh a lot of people lost a lot, but I I cannot say that I lost anything. I mean, I'm still working, you know, Um, again, going back to that profession that people say, oh, they don't pay, but we're more than ever needed now, you know, in this period. Um, I'm still working. I still have family. I still have support. We're healthy. You know, I'm just grateful to God, really. Um, I don't think there's not to say that i had to be faced with a problem for me to really you know appreciate god's presence in my life but i feel like my relationship with him has gotten significantly um i don't know it's just amazing and i'm just grateful to god that really i wasn't affected much by covid in fact if i could that's safe to say
0: mm-hmm. yeah you just you, you just mentioned that um uh... During this moments, right? Um, during this moments, a lot of people need social workers, right? Uh, what is some What are some ways that you know you tell your clientele to um, adapt to the changes that come with these times?
1: Um, just resources, knowing what's available to you, because there's so many resources um, out here that people don't have access to. So for my client, it's really if you don't have any information. Like, let me know, I can help you. I can research for you. Um, So I think because I work with um, underserved population, it's important for me to be very resourceful because they come to me with a lot, especially for those who are, you know, in Section 8 housing or on food stamps and DSS is closed or they need recertification to get their um, services going. So just being knowledgeable about the resources that are out there because there were a lot of you know, policies that were implemented to protect people, whether it's to stay at home and not having to worry about mortgage and not have to worry about paying their light bills or whatever other bills that, you know, is mostly needed for someone to stay, you know, in a safe environment. So just, you know, having access to resources for my clients would be, like, the culture thing for me.
0: Right. Man. Uh, uh,
1: having access to food, um, pantries, yeah, things like that.
0: That is great because I, I wouldn't even begin to imagine what would be happening if right now you know god forbid we don't have jobs right what what would we be able to do um, we can't ever survive on that stimulus check if just say the government's supposed to run that let's say um, once a month or say twice a month right or how long would they be able to do it how long can people survive on that um, what advice do you have for um, young girls or boys who um, want to go into social work, who wants to, um, you know, get into mental health, what advice do you have? With?
1: Make sure it's something that you love. You have to do what you love. I mean, I don't get me wrong, there are times where I've gotten into my own head and am like, no, is what, is this what I want to do? I feel like I can be doing so much more. Um, even hearing my family members saying, like, you are capable, you're more than capable, you can do so much but i don't know i just love what i do because one it's like it's a field that need people who are compassionate who are caring um and sometimes i tell myself i see myself caring a bit too much but it's who i am um and i can't i'm like god made you this way for a reason and you're in a field where you can actually feel needed not for your own you know motives but because you just naturally love helping people And it's crazy because most of my clients cannot read or write, you know. So I pretty much have to help them or verbatim spell out things for them, like type it. And I can, whether it's me having to do it for them and then just having them sign. And to me, it's like I've been blessed to be, you know, a foreigner come to this country and go to school, and I've, you know, made quite good use of that and to be able to be in a position where i can help people do you know just the regular things that they are supposed to do Mm. it's a thing it's a blessing and it makes me feel good so i would say to a a young boy or girl who would like to get into social work just make sure it's something you love and don't do it for money Mm.
0: do you think they are underpaid
1: do i think social workers are underpaid um i think that yes i don't think that the value of social workers that people don't know the value of social workers um yeah i think people don't quite know the value of social workers are we underpaid i wouldn't say because there are jobs there are positions that people can hold um once you ha- once you are licensed and have the um appropriate credentials you will get paid you know depending on what company you pay for what organization you work for rather um, but I wouldn't say we're under, but I think we're undervalued.
0: Mm. Going back to, um, going back to MQ events, what is the, fu- what does the future hold for MQ events? Um, first part question. And, uh, why well, do you answer that first? What, what does the future hold for MQ events? What does
1: the future hold? Um, you know, there's so much we can do with, you know, event planning, um, I like writing, so I think I want to get into blogging. Um, that's something I actually wanted to get into over, you know, during COVID, just to, you know, have a blog and write about, you know, how people how can cope uh, with things like, you know, COVID pandemic um, or even, you know, spending issues. Because my one of my roles as a planner is to help save my clients money when it comes to spending you know come down on their budget That's why the first thing when a client comes to you and say i'm getting married i'm having an event and this is what i want first thing i say is what's the budget you know because i don't want you to overspend that's my job so Mm -hmm. i think that you know just having a space where people can learn and of course i'm in the process of learning more about you know negotiating skills or ways to save money help your clients save money so it's not always about money yes you're but you're going to get paid. I mean, I'm not saying I'm gonna not going to get paid for my work, but I feel like, you know, outside of it being such a lucrative market, you also have to go in it human, be a human being, you know. Just, I'm not out here to eat people's money. I'm out here to help you because sometimes we can be impulsive with our spending. And, you know, we don't have to spend too much. There are ways to kind of, you know, put your needs out there and still get your money's worth without having to... Go into savings or go into you know bankruptcy or anything like that before you even start a life with someone. So I think that it's important for you know some kind of you know information or resource to be out there that planners can give their, their clients on how they can save money while still having the luxurious wedding that they want.
0: What is one misconception about event um, planners or designers?
1: One misconception. Misconception, what would I say? Hmm. I wouldn't say there's a misconception, but I think that it's a way maybe we market ourselves. Sometimes we market ourselves as event decorators, event planners, and people don't really quite understand what the two are. Just like, um, Social work, pretty much. So, people come to us thinking we are event decorators that we do the entire, like, we design the wedding. No, we do not. We don't do that. I think that would be the one misconception, if anything, that people have about event planners that planners are not important. Like, they can have like an, uh, their aunties and uncles, you know, plan an event. But, and not actually needing a professional to deal with, which I think is is crazy because you do need a planner because you don't have the time it gets overwhelming someone who's actually not a family member Mm -hmm. not a friend who can help you say hey uh so this is your budget and this is where we are this is what you want but what you want really doesn't go with your budget so what are you willing to cut down to get what you really want that can still save you and keep you within your budget
0: what certification do you need for this like what do you need some kind of formal education for
1: this um i'm sure that yeah there are certification um courses that people can take i just love research and i can research just about anything that i want to and my knowledge or my you know whatever my knowledge and most some skills that i apply to my event planning business are just from um you know interning or just having a mentor that is also a planner that's been doing it over 10 years mm-hmm don't have a professional certi- um, certification or anything like that's just you know I'm awesome at what I do and what mm-hmm.
0: are like, <laughs> <laughs> five key things every event planner should have
1: um, definitely um, excellent communication skills excellent organization skills um, friendly but assertive um, I think just, you know, being anchored in the, in, in, in the word because really it drives you crazy. If you don't have the patience, people will drive you crazy. So, and definitely you need lots and lots and lots of patience. Lots of it.
0: Mm. I like how, you know, those two last points, got to do with patience. Because like me, I would just, yeah, I'll go crazy. I don't have patience at all. Let's switch your pace. Uh, let's talk a little bit about a book. You're an author. Uh, you're a co-author with your daughter, Queenie. My Hair is My Crown,
1: a new children's
0: book that depicts the beauty of hair bonding, oh that depicts the beauty of bonding that takes place between a mother and daughter during the hair bonding process from Uh wash day to styling. Those words sound like they were Patricot picked, right? Please explain that sentence and tell us what does it feel like, one, to be an author, two, how did it come about, and three, being a co-author with your daughter? Just the whole
1: it become. It just, it just happened. Um, this was actually supposed to be a birthday gift. It is a birthday gift to my daughter. Um, and I decided to self-publish because I knew a lot of moms or parents, caregivers all around the world dealing with this. I was not the only one dealing with, you know, the wash day process. And if you know about, you know, the wash day process, you would know that it is not a fun idea for kids. Kids are terrified about getting their hair washed. Uh, it's just not a fun process for them. So I tried to make it fun and, you know, and interactive and just kind of enjoy the moment, you know, just the process and teach her along the way about the importance of taking care of her hair, you know, using the right products, and just embracing her natural hair. Um, so this is how My Hair is My Crown, um, you know, came about.
0: Could you hold it up a little bit more? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> You're
1: welcome. it yeah, is, My Hair is My Crown. Yeah, so uh, my daughter, actually, the reason why I wanted to get you to, to her was at a young, yeah, since she was born, actually, I've been riding her. I ride not not seriously, but I write, you know, here and there, you know, just for therapeutic purposes. And I, you know, knew that, sadly, that that would be one of the things she probably would have to deal with, where she may question her beauty because, you know, she's not society's standard of beauty. She's a chocolate, you know, girl. Beautiful, you know, curly hair. And, you know, one day she came home asking, you know, when your kids grow up and they see things on TV, Disney, whatever, and it's mostly, you know, Elsa, you know, characters that look like, that does not look like them. Right. Yeah, I have Tiana, but Tiana is really the only one that we have. Um, so she came home asking why she couldn't have long hair like Elsa, Moana, you know, and all the other popular Disney princesses. So I... You know, to me, I at first I didn't know what to say, so I had to kind of like, like tap into my creative, you know, world and say, how can I explain this to a four-year-old? She's now five. Yeah. I explain this to a four-year-old to, to teach her that her hair is beautiful, her hair is magical, you know. Um, and that's just really ha- what happened, you know, the, just the different things you can do to it, you know. And I just realized, too, that for me it was a, uh, it was a moment for me to kind of tap into my own insecurities as well as to why maybe I didn't wear my hair out enough um, to show her that, or was there something I was dealing with? And then, you know, it turned out to be, of course there was, I, there was this thing where I hadn't fallen in love completely with my own hair due to, you know, just growing up and my family putting hair, um, fake hair in my hair, just not really embracing or knowing or falling in love really with that part of me. And that moment just was a reminder to tap into that and just enjoy the process with her. So it wasn't only, it was me teaching her the importance of taking care of her hair, you know, using the right products and embracing it. But it was also, you know, like a lesson for me because that's something I hadn't done. And not to say that um, I don't wear wigs or weaves or anything like that, but just having the ability to change it up or switch it up sometimes, um, it's a, it's a reminder that you still have to take care of your hair, mm-hmm. be in love with it. Because when the weave comes off, when the, you know, the weave come the weave comes off, you still have to deal with who you are in whatever state it is, whether it's short or long. So that was my um, that was my reason really to write the book to just teach her that um, her hair is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, Tell
0: us about, you about your daughter. Girl. Girl. Tell, Tell her. About her. I'm sorry? I said, tell us about your daughter. Tell us about Queenie.
1: Queenie is this five-year-old beautiful um, child God blessed me with, very vibrant, great personality. Um, I mean, she's a joy to be around. If you meet Queenie today, you would just fall in love with her. Because she just has that personality. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I tell people, I'm like, she makes me speak to people because I'm so reserved and so quiet. And she's just like this, you know, social butterfly. And, yeah, she's um, actually, she actually just graduated from k She's going to kindergarten. So, um, to her. Blessing. um, she's just a wonderful little human being.
0: Yeah. So you self-published this book. Uh, what was that process like? I know uh, you had a lot of questions. You had to do a lot of Google search on how to self-publish. What was that process like? What is one thing, what is one of two things, right, you would like for, those who want to self-publish to know going into that um um, trying to take on that
1: it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of patience takes a lot of long nights um it takes a lot of encouragement takes a lot of just pushing yourself determination and yes you will have people around you saying yes you can do yes you can do but you also in your mind have to know that your story is important, like what you have to share. The world needs, um, and even though I like, I kept saying to myself, there were times where I'd beat myself up and just say, "Oh, there's so many books about, you know, hair out there." And then, of course, it it's not a competition, but there's an, there was another book um, out there, a children's book too, and the, the, you know the, the author had like a huge platform, um, but that still didn't stop me. I forget, I forgot the name of the book. Um, Anyways, um, but that still didn't stop me from going after this. And Mm. because it's so personal, um, and this is something I'll forever cherish because I did it not only for young Black girls and boys all over the world, but for my own daughter who dealt with something, you know, I can't imagine. And now, like, I can't even, like, now it just makes me so happy when I see her sometimes go in the mirror just randomly saying how, say, talking, like, giving herself words of information that I'm beautiful, my hair is beautiful, I'm strong, I'm beautiful, I'm kind, I'm a leader, things like that makes me happy, you know, because just through the process, like, I would ask her questions, like, what do you think about the cover? Like, I just didn't go ahead and say, oh, I'm going to do this, like, each process of writing this book, I made sure I made, she was involved, we chose the cover together, mm. it was the back? Covered together each other back together so i wanted to her to be a part of it so her name is just, isn't on there because i wanted to put it on there but because she really impacted like actually really impacted the the, the storyline and what this book is so for anyone who uh, would want to self-publish just make sure you have a reason and know that your reason is important and do not let anyone deter you from what your story is because only you can tell your story
0: this is an example of um, self-love, right? Um, manifesting at home. And also when they uh, say charity begins at home, right? This is an example of that. You're not just teaching love to love herself, but also you you you're giving that entrepreneurial spirit, right? She's learning firsthand what is it to yes. write, yes. you know what I mean? And also what is it to self-publish a book, right? For those who do not, uh, for those who never went through self-love at home, who never had the opportunity to see what self-love feels like, what message do you have for them? What can they take away from this?
1: Um, If you have a relationship, I don't know what, I can't really say what what people's relationship with God is, but to me, I think it's been an ongoing process to finding myself and becoming whole. I think once you know who you are in God, once you know who God is and what he wants for your life, I don't think anyone can tell you differently. And that's really where I am currently just learning like my relationship with God really is the number one thing in my life right now just knowing who I am in God and how he sees me that's how I want to see myself not how the world sees me not how my mom my dad my friend or whoever sees me but how that sees me because the plans he has for us is like no other like really what we have for ourselves is just our plan but really what God has in, in in store for us bigger and and greater than what we can imagine for ourselves so to me when i think about myself and think about self-love i just think about how how, how does god see you if you see yourself how god sees you there's nothing anyone else can tell you there's nothing the the world or society can tell you about you know the standards of beauty or anything like that because it doesn't matter at the end of the day all that matters is your relationship with God and the relationship you have with them is the most important thing. So, yeah, that would be my answer to people. If you've never felt love, just search and ask God to reveal how he sees you.
0: With everything in life, um, there's always struggles, right? You always gotta go through, you know, those hard times to reap the benefits, you know, from what you saw. Um, with MQ events, with, you um, uh, I'm drawing blanks here. With, uh, my hair is my crown with, you know, being a social worker, you know, a family woman, you know, a god woman. One, how do you juggle all of this? I know you mentioned that you were very detail-oriented, right? Uh, how, still, how do you juggle all of this? How do you allocate time for, you know, for um, each and every one of these? Mind you, you know, you were trying to You know, help other people understand your process, your thought process, how you're you're struggling through these things, and also too, um, tell us a point in time when you really felt like, man, uh, this is really getting too difficult. You know, I want to throw in the towel, and you didn't. And how did you find your way, you know, out of that situation? Um, Balance, balance,
1: balance, balance, balance is important. And I would say, how do I balance it all? It's really (laughs) By the grace of God, really, it's not easy at all. Um, but I do have I keep a to-do list. I don't always get to cross off everything on my to-do, list, but I am intentional about making sure the most important thing is at the top and I go down to the most important thing. Um I have my family and my friends are my support. Um outside of God just granting me the grace to really look like I have it all together. My family—I cannot do. I cannot say I've been able. I'll. I'll be able to do it without my family and my friends. They're really are my support system. I have two best friends who are extremely supportive of me. I can go to them today and say, "Guys, I want to do this," and they're like, "Oh, you can do it, Maya." Like they are. Maya is my middle name, by the way. So, um, they'll like support me regardless and stay for my family and my uh, my aunt has been my rock when it comes to watching my daughter when i have to go somewhere i have an event you know i leave her with my aunt 24 hours come back the next day and no complaints it's nothing um and i think that one thing that i do love about myself is that i'm not afraid to ask for help when i need help because i can't do it alone
0: that's bad Um,
1: it gets overwhelming I I cannot do it alone, just asking for help or just saying how I feel, just venting safe sides, you know. This is how I'm feeling. This is how I feel like you can support me. You know, my friends and I are very open on being transparent and I feel like transparency, you know, has helped me a lot with healing and becoming whole, Of being in the process of becoming whole because you can't do it all on your own. You just have to you have to ask for help if you need it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What you can and ask for help or leave the rest to God because it's things that you've tried. But I'm just so grateful for my support system because really without them, I don't think I'd be able to balance much at all.
0: Right. I'll hit myself on right ask you this question before, you know, we close this uh, recording. Mental health in Africa. Uh, we, we, we know the stigma, right? Shit with mental health in Africa. Um, how do you feel about that? Uh, do you plan on, on uh, making any works, you know, in Africa, in Sierra Leone, you know, in, you know, when we talk about mental health, talk a little bit about, you know, mental health in Africa.
1: Yes. Oh, that is so um, personal to me. Um, at first I couldn't explain what it was growing up in Sierra. I remember like when people would be sick, mentally ill, and we didn't even know what it was, but they, um, you know, people just assume they're witches or whatever. And like they would throw rocks at them. And I never understood until I got older in my studies. And I said, whoa, this is something that we need to teach our people about. This is something, an initiative, something that we need to do. So yes, to answer your question, I haven't been back in Sierra Leone to Sierra Leone. I planned on we plan my family plans on going this December. I'm not sure if it's still happening with everything going on. But yes, um, that's something I do, I have looked into. But because I haven't been back in such a long time, I think that it would have to first start by visiting Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and and, um, just observing, asking questions, talking to people. Um, But my mom and I do have a nonprofit organization called um, Angels to Angels Sierra Leone, which is a nonprofit organization that empowers girls, we sponsor girls to go to school. So I would start there, Um, just, you know, just the mental aspect part of it, like how do people, because it's a lot, a lot has happened with, um, especially Sierra Leone. One, Africa alone is another thing, but especially Sierra Leone, I would want to start from there because that's where I'm from, and just dealing with the, the traumatic past that we've had with the wars. I would like to start there. How have people coped, have people really coped with that? And I don't think we have. Um, even for some of us here, I mean, even me, I, I, I was affected by, by war. And I don't think that I've fully dealt with it. I think in a sense, I do a good job at pushing thoughts like that in the very back of my mind where I don't even think about it because I don't want to and just think about ways I can deal with it. Um, but yes, that's been in my mind forever. Like, how can I, what can I do to give back? You know because I think that the country has lived for a long time in a place where oh we just deal with what whatever we're faced with but I feel like it's really not in a in a therapeutic setting or where we actually get in depth as to how people feel or how did they, what they, why they do the things that they do and how really it's affected generations you know I don't think we've quite healed from the war I don't think we have at all I don't know if if that has that topic hasn't really even touched you know the, the women that were raped the men the amputees you know the women or men who got their arms or limbs you know amputated it's just a lot that needs to be talked about so yes that is something i plan on doing i just haven't been yet so i can't really say how i plan on going about it but that's a start a, start, a way to start is for me to go back and just see and talk to people
0: and um, last question to close out, you mentioned a little bit about um, going back in December, but due to um, the recent events of COVID, um, you're not quite sure um, how that would look like, right? Um, right now with everything, how do you see um, yourself, you know, moving on um, with all your dreams uh, post-COVID, right? You'd be not sure what the normal is. So I guess my question is, what is the new normal for you?
1: Um, my new normal for me, I think, new normal, I think my new normal, I actually never like thought about it like this. I would say really getting more in the word, if I can be completely honest because really, I just want God to order my next steps. Like there's so much I want to do, but like what if that's not God wants me? What, what if that is not what God wants for me? So I think for me, it would be really just being so Soaked in the work for me to really just hear God's revelation and say oh, where He comes from that okay, this is what I want you to do next, you know. Um, so a new normal for me really, nothing has changed. For me, I'm still working, I'm still a mom. Um, I'm just waiting for the state to tell us what's gonna happen with school, but nothing really will change as far as my dreams or of wanting to do more or traveling or maybe writing another book or promoting this book even more i just have to play by ear and see um but it, it doesn't change the ideas are still coming in i'm still writing them down i'm still praying over them and really praying over them is really for god to really reveal to me what my next step is
0: that. how can people reach on social how can people connect with you learn more about um, mq events learn more about the book buy the book all that good stuff
1: so for the book i'm um, at info at my well www.myhairsmycrown.com for the book and um on instagram my personal page is underscore more michaela that's underscore m-o-r-e-m-i-c-h-a-e-l-a um, mq events is underscore mq events llc and yeah, every, everything that people need
0: to know is on there. will appreciate you for your time today for joining us to talk about MQ events and Thank to you. talk about <clears throat> your co- um, being the co author of My Hair is My yes. Crown. Could you please hold up that book one more time for the viewers sure. to see? That's a beautiful cover.
1: Thank you.
0: Glossier no. <laughs>
1: Thank you. And we also have um, pins. It's on the website. It's just a... Uh,
0: oh, nice. And all of yeah, those is going to be right here at the bottom of the show notes. So you get
1: definitely all... Uh, yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. And back. we also have tote bags um, on the website. So for more information, just visit us at myhairismycrown.com for more on everything. My Hair is My Crown. Mm.
0: You heard her. Everything. In my head is my crown. Visit her shop. You know, buy the book, uh, shop uh, the pins. Everything. You've been listening and watching Stocking Podcast, a platform for entrepreneurs, innovators, and creatives of African descent. Here's stories, advice, experience, and advice. hear stories, advice, experiences on how to break barriers. Um, if you're a returning listener, or um, your first time watching. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't to get ringers. Um, follow us on all social platforms at the sitm. Um, podcast the website is sitmpodcast.com. Um, shop our merch, read our blogs. Uh, that's how we drive this thing. Again, Kayla, thank you for joining us. Of
1: course, um, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, good luck in um, all your endeavors. Keep doing your thing. This is stuck in the podcast, and we are. Uh,